Today's New Testament reading is from the book of Revelation, the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 12. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green plant, or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them, and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions, and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name, in Hebrew, is Abaddon, and in Greek he is called Apollyon. The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's Word, we welcome Pastor Warren Graff. For our text, Revelation 9, verse 1, The fifth angel sounded, I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. In the name of Jesus, our world crashes in on itself. Creation, once so well-ordered and peaceful, is collapsing. That which was created for the benefit of man and woman, for bringing forth life, now groans to a violent end. It's a bleak picture that John draws for us and for the church. The star fallen from heaven, that's Satan, he will go to the bottomless pit, and the smoke from the bowels of hell will darken all of creation. Those without the seal of God on their head, they will be subject to Satan. And in those days, says John, men will seek death and not find it. Revelation 9.6. Then come those otherworldly figures. They're terrorizing the earth. Locusts, which are like horses, John says, ready for battle with human faces, with teeth like lions and tails like scorpions. Could this scene possibly be any more jolting for you and me? The Lord, though, places this vision in front of John's eyes, telling him to write it down in order to give comfort to the church. 
And how is it then that this vision of hell being opened by a fallen angel, of creation crashing in on itself, of strange otherworldly animals terrifying people, how can this vision possibly comfort us? In his revelation, John writes that the Lamb is upon the throne. In chapter 1, he gives it as grace and peace to you from the one who is and who was and who is to come, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. In chapter 4, the Lord is on the throne, and those around him on the throne say, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Then in chapter 7, it gets bigger. It's a multitude of people from all nations, all tribes, all languages, brought around the throne, and the people cry out to the Lamb on the throne. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, to the Lamb. So the vision the Lord reveals to John is a scene of comfort for the church. It's a scene of salvation and life, all bestowed by the Lamb upon the throne who washes his people, making them holy with his own blood. This, then, is the comfort. It reveals to us Christ Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, bestowing eternal life upon those marked with his name. Meanwhile, we know we live in the opposite. It's a world running away from the Lord's gifts, turning from those things our Lord has instituted. And it is you and me, still in our fallen flesh, every day living in sin, and every day being sinned against. We need the Word of the Lamb upon the throne, the word by which he gives us his name in baptism, by which he daily gives us repentance and forgiveness, his word by which on that last day he will call us out of our graves and stand us before the throne to live in his kingdom forever. But until then, we need comfort. And here is what our Lord gives us to know. It's what he revealed to John. There is a day of reckoning, a day when it is all shut down, after which there is no more suffering, nor shame, nor despair, none of that. For the redeemed, there is life. There will be all the gifts of God. There will be eternal peace and fellowship with our God and with all of our brothers and sisters belonging to the Lamb. This day of judgment, so alarming to the sinful flesh, so terrifying that our sinful world wants to deny even its possibility, it will close out this time of tribulation we are now in. From the day our Lord ascended into heaven until the day he returns again, it is tribulation on earth. We see it in our disintegrating world. We see it in our own lives, but it will all be brought to an end. He is the lamb on the throne. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. He is the one who cleanses you with his own blood. He is your Lord. You belong to his throne. In the name of Jesus, amen.